0: hello and welcome to another edition of the tigers down under i'm your host alex and with me i have dan how are you dan
1: um yeah look i'm I'm all right uh disappointing couple of games uh yeah um on a personal note i'm fine
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's good to hear yeah look uh the title of this episode is um city whitewashed and it was two disappointing defeats against teams in white and I've got to say, looking ahead, it doesn't get too much easier against the team in white we have on the weekend, but we'll um, we'll get to them in due course. Um, yeah, look, I guess we'll start with that Preston game. Um, bit of a fr- well, very frustrating one after after a victory against another team in white in Swansea um, it's had us winning three in a row. Um, to lose one nil at home, um, it was it was just a really disappointing outing.
1: Yeah, look, I think I. I... While I was disappointed but with the the loss at uh, against Preston, it was not so disappointing as the, the the Derby game this morning because look, even though I think we were outplayed by Preston for long periods, we still did have some really clear chances, which on another day probably go in, and that changes the you know the course of the game. I think that Eve's header is the main one that comes to mind that uh, mm. somehow the, their keeper saved, yeah. um, you know. And so I think there was still some, you know, difficulties with, I don't know, It's the whether it's the new, like, tactics and or the new, like, uh, details of the formation and the way Avaladze wants them to play. But um, some of that's still not quite... You know, working and and they're not they don't seem to be gelling. It seemed a lot, I guess, even over the the two games, um, where people players don't seem to really get either their roles or the roles of the people around them within 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 this new style of play. Seems all of a sudden, lots of players seem very isolated and very unsure of what's going on, which I think has contributed to. Um, a few things which we've seen particularly this morning was lots of this where we don't know what's going on and so we start being more defensive and we start backing away and backing away and backing away to a point where sorry for skipping ahead but like we had five defenders around the ball and then like Lawrence can sneak in and and score where ideally all of those guys should have been marking a player not just like retreating like yeah. into this space where they all got in front of each other and in front of Ingram and, and, and in everyone's way, so much so that, like, and nobody took control of that, that's the strike, like, shouldn't, should should not never happen, something like that at any level, let alone at a professional level.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you that, whether you think that um, the players are maybe a bit uncertain about their roles in the side now, and I think, again, jumping ahead a bit more to this morning, um, with the number of personnel changes to the starting eleven. Um, you can't help but think that maybe there's a bit too much change too quickly for some players where we're not really sure on how we're lining up. And going back to the derby game, I think you look at the goal in question. Um, you've got Greaves sort of stepping up on the line. So he's playing um, the goal scorer on side, Archer on side. But then you've also got obviously it's a poor pass from Doherty that sort of sets up the play. But then you've got, I think it was Bernard who then wasn't tracking Archer back because he thinks he's playing the line, but Greaves isn't up in the line with them. Um it could also be a coincidence in a way because we've had Baxter out for the last two games maybe it's a real show of the influence that Baxter has in the in the defense and and speaking to his defenders it, it could be a little bit of both i'm not sure what, what's so you, you sort of talk there about player uncertainty you think that's the the key issue
1: i think there's a few yeah it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a multifaceted thing going on my take on it is partly with partly the personal changes, like as you, you talked on, like or touched on, lots of players coming in and going out, and and makes it difficult to to maintain those formations and understand like how different players play. Just personal opinion. If it was if I was in that position and I was looking to change the squad, I'd be going. You got half an hour, you know. Prove to me that you deserve a starting spot. Yeah. I get that he wants to see all the players in a game situation totally get that i just don't think like it's one of those like okay yeah we went one two we went three on the bounce and we're going going good why you would then just like suddenly yeah make changes i get like you know we've brought these players in and we want to see them but i it sort of feels a little like change for the sake of change or change just to see players when you know realistically we still want to get points like Because, you know, you'd hate to get to a position where, you know, we start to pick up some points again, but it becomes too late or too long a run of poor form because we're chopping and changing just so that we can see every player. And then it comes down to it and we end up like, you know, absolute worst case, but relegated again by a margin of two points or something and you go, well, there was winnable games in there where had we, you know, maintained the squad, maintained the form that they were building um that you know because I think arguably like sure this like even go further the Swansea game we're probably lucky you know they had some really good chances to to equalize or even go on and win they probably created more than we did but we managed to get a result keep that same squad completely as much or as much as you can obviously I think Baxter was out with illness um so that's a force change but there were other. Was there? Were there other changes for Preston? I can't remember now. I think for
0: Preston that might have been the only starting change. I think Bernard came off quite early because he got That's knocked. That's right. um, I think that was the only starting change because I think that was a- it was actually a little bit surprising because we thought maybe Force was going to come in for Eves and it was actually really good that Eve's yeah. t- kept his place. So was like the Preston game was actually of the two mm. a game where you look at it and you go, "Oh, okay, we are sticking with that winning team." And granted, we then lost that game, so maybe he's looked at that and thought, okay, well, I've yeah. given the starting team the chance, and I'll, I'll make the changes. But and you know, again, we're so, What I almost want to, I almost want to like sort of run through the Preston game, just clear it out, because then, because because what we're talking about is yeah, sort of we're, both games. We uh, we're sort of jumping yeah. ahead. Um, on 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 the positives on the Preston game, though, I thought I thought Fleming was really good again. I thought he was he's kind of come in out of nowhere. I know he's had a few big injuries, but he's sort of come in out of nowhere and, and really made that left back or left wing back spot his own. Um, and, and so, I mean, and maybe I'll actually, I'll just do my MVP votes now because then we can talk about both games as a collective with the Derby game. Um, I, I I gave Eves the three votes for this one. I think you sort of talked there about his his headed chance in the first half. And, and again, he just looked really sharp up top. And I think almost emphasising in this Derby game um, when he's not playing, how isolated and and how much force struggled to get into the game. It shows, I think, the underrated work ethic that Eves has in the side. Um, I gave Fleming the two votes. As I said, I think he was really good down that left wing again. Um, and I gave Greaves the one vote. I thought this was a return to form for him after a, a bit of a struggle for a little while. I thought he had one of his better games of the season against Preston.
1: Yeah, look, um, to be honest, uh, it would be pretty hard to to oh, you look i might actually only flip uh even fleming i think because of like how drastic cuz fleming came in and how like drastic this uh like especially after being on such a long layoff and, and being you know out for so long and to just you know we were like oh he's nearing fitness we're going to have him available and then like and just thrown straight in you know 90 minutes of really good performances um Lots and lots of you know uh, energy and and you know taking on players and you know whipping in crosses and like just everything. So I think I'm going to go three for Fleming against Preston and then two for Eves and one for Greaves.
0: Yeah. Um. So so now yeah we'll we'll, we'll bring in the Derby game now so we're not jumping around as much. But yeah, following the Preston game, you kind of go we got the loss so maybe he thinks we can make those changes. But then as I sort of just said. You've got four starting up top who, apart from that cross in for KLP, didn't really offer that much. And you sort of think, if, as you said, you know, if he wants to sort of see the squad and make that judgment of who his best 11 is, my concern is I look at the fact that Doherty gave the ball away for the Preston goal, had a pretty poor game against Preston. Smallwood, I would say, was probably better against Preston on the balance of things, but it's Smallwood who comes out of the side, not Doherty. When I feel like Doherty and Walsh are more like for like than Smallwood and Walsh, where I think if Smallwood's coming out, I'd almost play Slater there, and and Slater wasn't even in the squad, so unless he's got an injury of some sort, that sort of change just doesn't really make sense to me. And I was just a lot of the, the a lot of the changes for, or selections for this morning's game just didn't quite make sense to me.
1: Yeah, um, I get what you're saying. I was when I was well, watching this, the, I only got to see the first half this morning, but watching. And in that first half, watching Force just run around, it kind of reminded me of like games where we've been critical of Eve for that, where he's running around lots but not doing anything. Yeah. And he was trying to be busy and he was trying to be involved this morning, Force, but it felt like he, he was just working for himself. Like there were moments where... Like there's a, they played a uh, a goal kick from centre back on the left side to the goalkeeper, who then played it to the other centre back on the other side of the goal, and I don't know, I think it was Force and KLP, and one charged in without like the other one being ready, and it allowed them then to just super easily play out, where it only needs a signal or whatever, and they both go in together. They're under heaps of pressure, and then, like, you know, it forces just a long ball or something silly. Like, the couple of times that you, uh, there was a couple of times we put Curtis Davies under a bit of pressure when he was on the edge of his box, and, you know, there's a couple of half mistakes and things. But I just, my main observation about this, the game this morning, was that we were not defending very yeah. well mm-hmm. at all across the pitch. Like, in in addition to that, like, not working together to defend in those key moments and try and pin them in in their half or in the corner or whatever, the big thing was that, like, no one was – we were not blocking passing lanes at all. We would just, like – we would get to a position and we would stand and we would look at the, like, what Derby was doing and then the ball would go past and then we would just, like, turn and run or back off more – Instead of being like, okay, well, they've only got an option there, like here and there and like look around and then just go, well, all I have to do really is like take three or four steps to my right and I block that option. And then they either have to like, they're either going to try and bring it out to like make me react or they're going to send it long. just felt like, yeah, very reactive is probably the word instead of like, yeah. Trying yeah, to, they, they were letting they were letting Derby dictate the, the terms of the game instead of trying to force them into into making decisions. So, yeah, that's know, that right.
0: It. And yeah, and I think there are two elements to it. I think there's definitely a lot of blame for the players and the way they played. And I think I saw a few comments that this was a very McCann-esque sort of performance. And we've had these sorts of games under McCann, not not so much this season because I think this was our worst defeat of the season. I I think. Um, or at least it was looking like it at 3-0. Um, but, but just in the sense that I think we do have quite a young team and a young squad, and I think that they will have games like this where they don't have that, uh, they don't turn up with the right mentality or they just don't gel or click or whatever you want to say, and I think obviously not helped by the lineup being so many changes. But I think there does have to be blame for shot where and i was going to play a clip but i think it'll be too difficult to do it where he was talking to bernsey after the game and basically got asked you could see what the issues were at halftime i was a bit surprised you didn't make any changes at halftime and and avalad's response was oh well i can't take one player off being fleming because he was getting attacked outside um when we've got two three four other players also having issues um better to just leave it and try and work into the game and and the response was sort of well I'm not really saying take Fleming off, but we can see that he needs more protection. We need more protection on that side of the field. Why, you know, we had Honeyman playing up on right wing or, or in a more attacking position than usual, uh, depending on if you believe that the formation was 3-4-3 or whatever. Why not just put another body in that midfield? Why not bring Smallwood on? Why not, you know, bring Longman on at right wing and, and or or, or Elia on at right wing and, and push Honeyman back into midfield? It just, it concerns me that, and i and i don't want to be too reactionary and I, I know i'm sure i am to an extent being quite reactionary but i've sort of felt this before he was appointed but it just feels like another slutsky appointment where it's it's a manager coming in who doesn't really have a good appreciation or understanding of the championship where when we were three nil down it felt like a game under slutsky where you just felt like the defense was at sea we had no ability to just shut up shop the the manager was just sitting on the bench not saying anything, he just looks shell shocked in that first half, um, and, and especially at three 0 But in that first half, so he just looks shell shocked on the bench, and I just kind of think he must be sitting there thinking, "This isn't what I thought it was going to be. This, you know, it's it's much more difficult than I thought this job was going to be." So, um, it's you know not the easiest of games to try and back up from against Fulham coming up this weekend, but we've got to see some sort of response.
1: Yeah, look, I think um, obviously part of that for us or anybody or even, you know, shot up watching, following the team throughout the first half of the season if it is to be believed that that was the case um, because there was rumours flying around that Ajun had already made contact, you know, yeah. early on in the proceedings that he was going to appoint him and all that. You know, it you just fall into that armchair critic and it's so easy for us or for someone from afar to sit and say, you know, and I don't really want to go back and talk too much about like the McCann thing because it, as much as I, you know, have opinions on that appointment and that decision, it's gone now and there's not really a yeah. point. But I think like it's easy for us or anyone to have sat and said, you know, McCann's doing a terrible, like doing a terrible job and like, oh, with that squad, I, sh- I you know, could do this yeah. or whatever. And then to, to as you said come into this league which is notoriously the most difficult league to work in and to get out of essentially especially or to get out of in a positive way it's probably not that difficult to fall out of it at the bottom end as we saw as we found a yeah seasons right. ago. <laughs> but um but to, to get promoted out of is one of the toughest leagues um I think that there is a sense of naivety in the way that Arvaledza is going about his business at this stage. Well that's that's that is the sense that I get. The the, the the telling factor will be over the next couple of games, whether he's gonna learn like from I mean what we are perceiving as mistakes, what you know the journal journals there are perceiving as mistakes, surely he is at, he needs to at least be open enough to admit that there have been he has made managerial mistakes within these games in regards to substitutions, tactics, you know, set up, starting levels, whatever. Something, yeah. you know, we're not winning, so something's gone wrong. If he at least can, you know, take the take the moment to sit back, look, find, you know, a solution, then I'm a, I'll be okay with, you know, a couple of shitty results. Yeah. But I also don't want that to be like, You know, oh well, they play badly. So my solution is new first eleven tomorrow, like on the weekend, right? That doesn't really fix the problem. Just throwing new players in for no reason. Okay, I think you mentioned it before with Doherty having a poor game against Preston and then maintaining his his place over Smallwood, who is, while not a flashy player, it's been pretty hard to pick out games where he's been particularly poor. And yeah, that's right. That. Yeah, right. He has and he has a, that very important job in our squad, which he actually, like in our team, which he does actually do quite well, despite like my own personal reservations about whether he would be suitable at this level and whether he could really cut it. But in terms of protecting the defense and getting across to help and cover in some of those areas, he does that really, really well. And I think when he's in there and he's leading, by example, that we seem to, go better. Um, and,
0: and probably the only player that we have that would do that role better or the, as well as him is Slater and he wasn't even in the squad. So I, I hope, well, not that I hope that he was injured or, or sick, but I hope there was a reason that he wasn't in the squad and it wasn't just a case of being left out because the poor kids just signed here from Sheffield United because he wasn't getting chances there. I'd hate to think he's he's not going to get chances here either.
1: Yeah, look, that would be particularly disappointing. And I think certainly... I think we saw like this morning. Walsh was. I'd, I was yeah. not impressed. Would, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Because
0: um, I was going to ask what what your opinion on Walsh. I don't want to be too reactionary off one game for him, but I didn't understand the signing at the time, and I have seen nothing to sway that opinion so far.
1: And I think this is again where I where I said earlier that I think like what would have been better to to blood these guys into the team is those like 15, 20 minutes, half hour stint at the end of a game to see, you know, how they fit within the team, whether they can do the role that you want them to, in, instead of just like throwing them in and hoping for the best in a team that, what, what are we on the, so we're the ninth here in a strip. So that Walsh has been training with the team for one week. Yeah. He does, they don't, he doesn't know. He doesn't know them. He doesn't know how anyone plays. Like, it just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense when you have like, you know, even Slater. While yes, he hasn't been here this year, played with most of these guys all last season. Yeah, so, that's right. Like, so you think like I if think Smallwood,
0: that... if, if Smallwood or someone was injured, then I go, yeah, okay, we we will throw Walsh in because we're sort of forced to. But but doing it by choice, you're right. Like in this sort of game, it was a bit surprising.
1: Yeah, I think I just think there's some context around like individual players and, and where they fit within the, the, the team, and, and you know, whether they have like Slater has the history history of yeah. last season, like in his favor, in theory. And it's weird that when you know that we that wasn't taken advantage of, you know, I yeah, look, I just was not impressed with Walsh. I think Doherty is now in a, a little form slump. I, he has not really hit the heights that he did last season this year at all. But it's obviously it's a step up in division, a step up in quality, a step up in opponents for the most part. Um, he's still, I think, for the for most of the season, has been doing an acceptable job. Yeah, without being as uh, productive or what, however you want to define it as as last season. I think for the most part he's been okay. The last few games, not so much. I think he's been pretty poor. And to and as much as you don't want to then like punish a player for a single mistake, the pass of Preston was so fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know like what he was trying or who it was for. Like it was just a, such like a thing. chipped
0: up little ball. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it like, just smash it. If you'd like, if there's no option there, like in that, and that, that's just a danger zone that you don't yeah. give away the ball there. If you don't have a clear pass, then I'd absolutely just say, hoof it upfield You know, push up, reset, and like just try and trap him there. But anyway, now we're going back and forth again. But I think like, that's all good. (laughs) I just think personally, I think Doherty probably does need a break. But I don't think that, like, yeah. Now, I guess, I guess going into the next game, we now have a a situation where the two starting midfielders from this morning's game were poor. And so we are essentially now forced to make more changes.
0: That's I was going to say, because you look at at the Derby game, we made four changes. I think I count. So Walsh started for Smallwood, Force up top instead of Eves, Coyle instead of Longman, and Jones instead of Bernard. And only that latter one was enforced. And I thought Jones was fine. I don't think he did anything amazing, but he also wasn't, I wouldn't have said largely at fault for for much of it. Mm. I question whether Coyle was ready to go. I wonder if he was sort of thrown in because he was sort of, He's a, he's a natural right-back, so let's just get him in the side. And I thought he was probably out of position a bit for the first goal, which he has been um, at times this season. He was out-muscled for the for the header. Um, he has he's sort of earlier in the season had issues with his positioning at this level as well. Um, I wonder if that was a change that needed to be made. Was Longman well, – I think Longman was on the bench, so I yeah. would have just kept Longman. And it comes back to your point of making all of these changes for the sake of it and, and – bringing Coil in isn't even bringing a new player in. It's a player that we've seen. And if, if Shot has been watching all our games this season, he's already seen Coil at this level. He doesn't need to throw him in per se. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, now looking at this next game, we're going to fall into this trap again where we're now saying, well, we've lost 3-1. We've got to make all these changes and rip up the team sheet and we'll just fall into the same trap. And may- maybe, maybe in a way... It being Fulham is almost fortuitous, where it's basically a case of a no lose situation, where we think we're going to lose five nil. Let's let's just reset. Let's draw a blank slate. Let's say what do we want our first eleven to look like? Play it. If we lose, we lose. It's Fulham. You know, it's sort of expected. If we get anything better than that, it's just a positive. Mm.
1: Um. Yeah. Look, I. It, I mean, that's a fair point. I think, like, in terms of. Looking at the games ahead, how we're going to go about this, I think because um,
0: you because you oh, sorry because you just say you say like is trying to find what his best eleven is, and I think well we did just win three games in a row. He should have a reasonable idea of what works, you know. Yeah, don't think um, we need it to rip up too much.
1: Yeah, look, what I was the only thing I was going to say was, and it's not, uh, it's not necessarily the best way to go about it, but and some you know some may see it as embarrassing for those players, but we have the under 23s team yeah, or the under 20s or whatever number it is um, where, like, there's no reason that you couldn't say, like, Walsh, I want you to go play an hour for the under 23s and then you'll, you know, get a half hour for the, you know, in the scene, like in the men's, Mm. like the, the, the full squad or whatever, right? You get to see them, then you get to see them start a game, sure. Like, the quality level's different and obviously it's like, against younger kids and, and and all that. But, like, if it's just about, like, seeing what they can do in a game, like, it, someone who's been playing in the championship should, in theory, go into the under-23s and be freaking dominant. Yeah. Like, there's not, pretty, Like, they sh- But Was yeah, it of this
0: season or was it last season where I'm sure we've had a few under-23s games where we've had quite strong sides because yeah. we've had, like, McLaughlin and other players like that in that... Under 23's side. I think Longman played in an under 23's game started this season from memory.
1: Yeah, and look, like and Williams think, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, look, plenty. But I just, I mean, I don't, it, it could, maybe I just haven't paid attention to the, the, the under 23's team sheets or whatever. Maybe they're <laughs> like, but, you know, just, but I feel like there's an option there within the, within the club, within the squad that would maybe be a better way to see how some of these guys go from the off yeah Yeah? because we've seen plenty of like particularly with some of those guys that we've we've mentioned and it's not just them in previous years as well we've gone oh they're gonna they're coming back from injury or whatever they're gonna go play the under 23s for a few games this should be good and then they put in really underwhelming performances and you go okay well they're not ready to come back in yet.
0: Yeah, and that's, and that's why I wonder, what has Coyle played? I don't think Coyle, like you said, I haven't really paid attention to the team shades, but I would assume that Coyle hasn't played any games with the under-23s. Why Why wasn't he eased back in after a long-term? Same with Alfie Jones. Were they eased back in through the under-23s? I I know that, I mean, maybe that's more my footy sort of mind of like, you know, Aussie rules down here. You quite often will get first-team players dropped and playing in the reserves team and, and the young, you know, basically the youth team um but why isn't that a path back from injury i just question them just being thrown in straight away i mean for someone like alaya i can sort of say yeah you know reasonable caliber player force as well been playing premier league football for Mm. brentford this season okay yeah but walsh only played five games for swansea this season and i don't think that's all starts either i think that's five appearances in total and only three or four for bristol city before that so it's not as if he's um Forty game a season, mm. veteran at Swansea, who we're just saying we're picking up a championship caliber player. This is a guy that's not playing all that much for a team pretty close to us in the table.
1: Yeah, so I think there's there's just some weird decisions, or what a I mean, from the outside, like from from the outside, there seem to be some weird decisions that are being made in regards to the the squad, its rotation, eleven selections, however you want to define it but i think um honestly if we can go back to you know the team that won at swan against swansea then we just should because like they they won yeah (laughs) and like they're all now fit My i was wondering about like with coil coming in and fleming coming in about whether there is in the cards shortly a switch to a back four and whether yeah, that was so, the yeah. thing, that, that it was about, like, seeing, you know, letting Coyle play, going, okay, we've got to right yeah. back. Yep, he's got, had some game time. I've now, over the past couple of games, through, you know, circumstance, happenstance, being able to see all of my available centre-backs play as well. So now, you know, do I go, okay, well, I've got Fleming, I've got Coyle, which of the, the remaining four, essentially, are the best two centres, is that something that's in the cards for later and i guess maybe if that's if he wants to move towards that which there was talk i, th-
0: I think his preferred formations four, three, three. three three i think Bernsey said that yeah. he, he answered today that his preferred formations four three three so that that could well be it
1: so and and i guess like if that's the case and i get it's just one of those things we like saying we've watched you know like, two games in the last five days and where we don't have the you know, we don't know what the grand plan is, but I can sort of maybe understand some of the choices a little bit if we're going to go to a four-three-three. And you go, well, I want to see, you know, I want to right back, and I want to left back, and I want to see how they go. And you know, that makes a little bit of sense if that's a plan moving forward. But I guess like if nothing changes and we keep playing in this three-four-three-five-three-two yeah. weird thing that's going on then yeah it's almost like a three
0: it's almost like a three two one four if that makes if that counts up to the right number yeah three two one four because we're almost playing like walsh and doherty in the midfield honeyman Mm. slightly advanced of them but then like klp fleming well i guess yeah i don't know because you've got Fleming who sort of sits further deep, but then you've got like, mm. I don't know.
1: I don't know how it, it's sort of yeah it's Yeah, it's, it's weird, um, but it, like... I've I mean, been, we sort I of end up at a
0: 3-2-1-4 when, when we've thrown all yeah. our forwards on, but
1: yeah. <laughs> that like And if, there's a part of me that goes, that's the formation essentially that he's inherited and he's trying not to, to obviously rip it all up and start again on day one. And I feel like... You know now I'm going against like everything that I was criticizing for at the beginning of the podcast, but like maybe there is like there's a process, um, yeah. and if he's working towards something, um, then I guess that's okay. I just don't, I, I still don't like the like the, the rafts of changes when, th- yeah, because a one nil loss is not terrible, sure, it was disappointing, but a one nil loss is not terrible, um, and I guess to be fair though, a three one loss even though we didn't score any goals, was was disappointing. But, like, if Derby didn't have the, was it 21 or twenty Yeah, I was going to, yeah. Or whatever the hell, they're probably, I think they're above us on the table anyway.
0: They are, yeah. So I I was going to qualify it as, you know, we can look at Derby and say, oh, it's the team in 23rd beating us. But really, they're the team in, like, 16th or something, that just happened to be 23rd because of the points deduction like the the amount of games that they've won this season and they've beaten Bournemouth they've beaten West Brom I think that they're, they're
1: equal with us on wins but they've got yeah. like nine more draws, a lot more draws or yeah 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 we're like so five and they're 12 or something
0: I do wonder if it is a bit of disrespect to derby that as you quite as you say I suspect what he's done is said this is a team that we in all likelihood should be beating I'm going to use this as a, like, I can't imagine him doing this if it was Fulham in midweek and Derby on the weekend. I can't imagine him saying, I'm going to throw Coyle back in and give Force a first start and get Walsh in midfield if it was Fulham. I feel like he would be saying, I know that the side that beat Bournemouth works, I'm going to play that side against Fulham. But because it was Derby, I think he was saying, I can have a look at all my players, see how they go, and quite likely pick up three points at the same time, Um, which he didn't. End up working out too. Um, I did want to talk some positives, some some positives out of the game and and you know good glimpses that we got from players. I thought force in the first half that cross that he put in for KLP looked really good. Uh, it was a brief, very brief moment, but I think there is promise with force. I do wonder if he needs a partner and whether that's Eves or a liar or someone to play off him. I feel like he gets very isolated up top on his own. But I thought, that, I thought that moment was good and I thought he did sort of keep working through the game even if he didn't get the service. Um, I thought KLP with that volley in the first half, we all sort of reacted in the same way. I thought that was a really impressive effort from him. Um, otherwise, yeah, I don't know. Not, not too many. I mean, Fleming, Fleming for the own goal. I thought it was... and I, I saw the comment the other day and I hadn't actually thought of the comparison until then, but someone said... He's our most uh, like Andy Robertson left back we've had mm. since Andy Robertson left, and I was like, yeah, actually, he really is the way that he takes on the opposition and gets forward, mm. and the way because um, you said you seen the goal where he just sort of weaves his way through a few players and gets the ball into the box. But I don't know, I don't know what it is. He just seems to get past players. Not mm. it's not even it's not even like it's easily, but he just sort of like taps the ball past them and just sort of like weaves his way through. It's quite quite awesome to watch. But I thought that was probably my other standout moment of the match, if we're talking the few yeah. positives that what there was,
1: were. I think what, what was interesting about the Fleming's assist for an own goal um, was yep. that like, because what was that? The guy that's uh, Derby's third goal scorer, whose name I... Oh, wrong. yeah. Um, and, yeah, with me, I'll look up. Sire or something. I don't know. But yeah. anyway, so he it's absolutely... Who I didn't
0: realize is Eberselli?
1: Yeah, that's the one. So yeah, he he's Irish. I was like,
0: that's that's very surprising, but he I, I don't know. Like, absolutely skinned.
1: Um, absolutely skinned Fleming. I think for in that second yeah. goal, got past yeah. him, got around him, and then was able to get the the, the ball in. Then, like in the whatever it was, uh, I guess it's second half, the seventy fifth minute or whatever it was, Fleming just did him three times over. to, yeah. to get that ball in. So, um, you know, while poor defense or poor, like, uh, defense in that first for that first thing or or whatever was, you know, then, you know, at at the other end was able to do something uh, quite, quite special. And I think you're right. Fleming is, he's come in and and just is not afraid, which is like, nice. He doesn't ever like, he gets, if he gets up there, he just goes. I'm, here, I'm going to do something. And he just has has a crack at it, which is really what you want in that part of the pitch. And he works hard to get back most of the time. Obviously, you know, a couple of instances where it didn't quite, but um, I think he's, oh, he's he young. has been really he, impressive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: And I, I was thinking as well, this morning must have almost been a record at championship level to have Graves, Fleming, Coyle, and KLP all starting as four Hullborn players. It would have to be just about a record because Graves didn't play... And Coyle obviously didn't play championship last time around. And I don't think Fleming was in the side earlier in the season at all. So I was no. that was kind of a cool thing as well. But how are yeah, we, it we- is- I'm
1: sorry? Sorry. It is always good just to see the 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 you know locals or like academy products or both, you know, if they happen to fit both uh titles like coming through and, and breaking in the first eleven and doing well. Yeah,
0: and it's sort of reassuring that Shotter's still kind of giving them all a go and, and it's not I think as some feared with with all the talk about the foreign players coming in, it hasn't actually ended up being too too wild. We got all those transfer rumours in January about potential foreign signings and um, I suspect some might have been a bit worried that it could force you know, local players out of the side, but it hasn't at this stage. So that's good to see. Yeah, um, yeah I thought we'd do the MVP votes and then we can just sort of move on to talk about the games we've got coming up. Um, how about you kick us off with your... Three
1: two one. Um look, this is really difficult because as I said, I only have seen the first half. Even Um, if you'd
0: seen the second half as well, I think it'd be just as difficult. I really struggled with this
1: one. Um and I like and only based on comments that I've seen, I wanted to like I feel like Eves came on and did something and I and I would get but I can't I can't make a judgment because I didn't see any of that of what he did. Um and of what was left, uh, um, I, I couldn't give any points to Walsh. I just no, nah. <laughs> I, um, I don't. Wasn't really that impressed. I mean, apart from the the one cross that you talked about with force, uh, I'll give three to. Fleming, but I don't think he actually deserves three. It's such a tough Um, one, right? Because that that was, yeah. I give give two to KLP uh, for the volley and a couple of nice interactions in the first half. And I don't know. Uh, McLaughlin. Just I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs>
0: McLaughlin's probably the other um the other one to name there. Look, yeah, I've I've gone reasonably similar to you and 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 at the same time I'm looking at my three and I'm like, do any of them actually deserve votes? I don't think so, but in any other week, none of them would be close to it. But yeah, KLP, the three, just literally for his first half display, his his volley, um probably had our best chances of the match, besides the chance that Fleming created. Um, but really, it was a, it was a pretty poor game from Lewis Potter's standards as well. I've got to say, Fleming. I gave the two votes to, as we said, sort of created that goal. Um, but as you say, I mean, I feel sort of strange giving him votes because at the same time, I thought it was a really it was probably his poorest game for us. Um, just with his positioning for I think it was the second goal and the third goal. <clears throat> third goal, he was basically waiting for us to take the ball upfield, standing in essentially the centre circle, and Doherty's the one chasing back to sort of stop the um stop the attack, um which wasn't great to see. Um but and then Eves for the one because eaves came on and eaves was like this is what a center forward needs to be doing because force was just not getting involved at all and Eaves was dropping deep. Eaves was linking up the play, getting some touches and doing something. So I thought good on you. I'll give you the one vote. But it's one of those games. It's like those first few months of the season but I can't even give a vote to Ingram because I didn't think he was particularly good with a lot of his a lot of his efforts um early in the season we were just giving the votes away like candy to ingram because he was just about the only one standing out Mm. but yeah it's it's one of those tough games to pick votes out for um well let's move on to the triple flashback feature of the week and i had originally a different question but i did it did occur to me that we did fortuitously have three goal scorers in this particular game um the game in question did come against Derby, but it was in happier times. It was the first leg of the playoff semi-final, which we played against them to um to get into the playoff final. And we did win that one 3-0. And so I want to see if you can name for me the three goal scorers in that game. And one of them is sort of a trick answer. So I'll take two op- two, two answers for that one.
1: Uh, can I hear the original question? <laughs> the original question no. was
0: going to be oh, do you, do you want to hit, do, would you prefer no, the no? It doesn't question? matter. It doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna. I, I think I've got no idea on probably any of it. Um, so I'll give, I'll I don't give, even I'll give know you... if the players that are in my mind are of the right vintage. You're, you're so, wearing
0: the, the you're wearing the um, shirt appropriate for the uh, question. I've got to say because it's the shirt from that season.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> I hope it's got the right name on the back too. So I'm, I might go with I was that name. Say,
0: What's the name on the back of the it's, shirt?
1: It's got Hernandez on the back of the shirt.
0: There you go. There's one of the three. Correct.
1: Okay. Got, um, got the opening goal. Yeah. Um,
0: one of the other players is a player that we have talked about previously on this, um, on this episode, if that helps. Sealed the game with the final goal.
1: Um, Davies?
0: Was no, like, maybe there's
1: a weird like own goal or something that I don't know when did
0: there was an own goal there was an own goal so that yeah. was the second goal the third goal uh was from the brand Brandon Fleming esque player
1: Andy oh, Robertson. Robertson
0: Yeah right. yeah so Robertson got the third on the um on the break right at the end of the game which considering we lost the second leg 2-0 actually ended up being the goal to get us to Wembley but I I think, I think I saw the stat when I turned on KO this morning that we'd lost, like, seven of our last nine against them, and I think one of the two wins would have been this one because it was uh, that long ago, but a bit depressing. But, yes, yeah, happier times when we got the win against them. Yeah, Hernandez with that first goal. The second goal was, like, I think Otabajo picked up the ball, sort of got into the box, shot, and it bounced off two derby players and then in off the post or something like that. And at the time I was like, oh. You know, so good that it Audubarjo scored, and now like no, nah, it's a no So I was like, ah, oh, it's a bit rough. But uh yeah, yeah, happier times. Um, probably not happier times is to come this Saturday. We do play Fulham. Um, the return of Marco Silva to the MKM. Uh actually is it the MKM? It might be Craven Cottage. I can't remember if we played them at home last time. We we lost 2-0 in the other game. Um they're in pretty intense form. I think they've won four of the last five. They drew with Blackpool, but they have scored 19 goals in their last five games just casually. And Mitrovic does have 31 goals for the season, which I think I saw the stat that there's only two players before him that have hit 30 goals for the season in the championship, and he's done it with, like, 17 games to spare. So I think he's on for a probably 45 to 50-goal season at this rate, which is pretty wild. Um We've sort of already talked about it, but what, what changes would you make for this side? Or I guess, I guess the, the, probably the more important question is how, how you're almost starting with a blank slate, but how would you line up this side rather than thinking about it as who would you take out? What would the 11 be?
1: If, I mean, hopefully by this weekend, um, Baxter is recovered from whatever illness he has. Um, And I would, uh, based on recent form, I would start with Baxter and goal if possible. I don't think Ingram's been particularly impressive over the last couple. Um, I'm happy for um, Fleming to start at left wing back, whatever that is. Um, I would probably go with... I mean, I'm just almost naming the lineup from the last time we won, but the Greaves, McLaughlin, Bernard as the three Senates. Um, Not that Alfred Jones has been poor, I just think.
0: Yeah, because I, I was going to ask because we were sort of talking if if we did switch to four at the back, which two centre backs that you? Because mm. I, I guess there's the fear that if we switch to a four at the back, that McLaughlin would drop out, and he's probably been our best centre back for the season. But just just because Greaves and probably Jones feels like a feels like a centre back pair. But if we did switch to a four at the back, which two would you pick? Uh,
1: probably McLaughlin and Greaves. I think think Bernard, as much as I like him at this stage, he's a bit loose with his passes too frequently. Um, And I think he's a little bit more dynamic than Jones, which is why in a three, I would choose him over Jones. Um, But I think he sometimes is a little bit loosey-goosey with some of his distribution, where I feel like McLaughlin and Greaves for 90% of the time are actually pretty good at finding their target, finding and finding a man. Um, yes. I'd bring uh Longman in if if to if it was yeah. So I'm going off the presumption that it's that weird mongoloid five three two four whatever yeah. the, the thing we've been doing with Longman at right wing back. I. Midfield three of I mean that probably be uh Slater, Smallwood and Honeyman. as my three. I think Walsh didn't show Jack and I think Dockety's out of uh form at the moment and I think he just needs a break, needs a kick in the bum, something. And
0: we probably and we probably need the second holding mid against Fulham anyway, because I think mm-hmm. you know, Honeyman well, you only really need Honeyman as the attacking outlet when you've got, you know, Wilson and Mitrovic and Cavallio and every their team just scares me. Anyway, yeah, so, that, that midfield three.
1: I'm running out of number uh, players to go. So, so you got five um, three and you
0: got two up top.
1: Yeah, I do, and I'm not sure how I want to go with this, um, because I do really want to see um, Aleja, uh get some more game time but i think i would probably just have to go as a starting point with klp and eves up top i think eves is doing enough when he's on the field lately to to warrant a starting position and i think klp even though he's having some ups and downs lately but you know again he's like 20 and he's just been through probably the it would be be his first uh real managerial change as well oh that is all yeah yeah yeah, and that's a big like thing for a lot of players. That you know, ownership change, managerial changes is a big thing for a lot of players. Let alone, you know, a, a young kid who's essentially only ever played top flight football under or, or um, under one manager. So. And, and he's also gone through the, my... the
0: transfer saga where he he was sort of mm. wanting to leave. He had the bid come in, we rejected it. So he's sort of probably a bit unsettled by that as well.
1: Yeah, possibly. I mean, those things are always like hard to. And I mean, look, I don't, I don't think it was the right time for him to go. But I also don't blame yeah. him for like, if interest came in from the Premier League, who wouldn't be like, yeah, I'll have a go at that. Yeah. Like, especially that's from, like, they Brantford want, or that's something. where they want to yeah. be. So like, um, like yeah, and it, um, anyway, but then I guess like, even like the last little bit the the I would absolutely, I uh, you'd have to have Sedemansh, uh, fours. On the bench, don't give, probably Huddleston Jones, and then I don't know. Bell blanket over who's left. I don't really. They're, they're the ones that I probably want well, on the bench. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Nah, Cause, I, it. I think. For, yeah,
0: <laughs> I think for me the only like I I I I, I agree with that first 11, I think that's probably the way to go. But I also agree with you that it's tough because you want to see Aliyah get more chances. I think the only way I could see that happening is if we did switch to a 4-3-3, which would probably mean Bernard slash Jones not being in the 11, having Coil at right back instead of Longman. And then it means you're you're basically picking between Longman and Aliyah to start on that right wing. Um, I'd probably go with Aliyah over longman which feels really harsh but i think longman's a really versatile option to then throw on if mm. if you want to freshen things up on either side really um because then you've because ba- then it feels so much more natural if, especially in that 433 it feels so much more natural if if we want to make a change you've got force for eves you've got longman for eliah and then you've got um i mean yeah, i don't really want to bring walsh on at all do i but you've got doherty potentially doherty to come on for like a Mm -hmm. honeymoon or someone like that so you've you've got options on the bench all of a sudden that have very natural fits on the field to come on for rather than this morning when we had uh, you know eves coming on for um coil i think it was and then lewis potter's Mm -hmm. going from from left wing to right wing back sort of position it's it's and it's just not helping things at all so yeah, I think it's gonna be really interesting. Eleven. I think I think a lot of it rests on whether Baxter is back from his injury or illness or whatever it ends up being. If it's COVID, I think he's probably out till next week, which would be really unfortunate. But um, we sort of touched on it at the start of the episode is I almost it's hard to uh, I'm trying to think it's similar to at the start of the season when we were sort of complaining about McCann and and the way we were playing, but Honeyman was still injured, and we thought, well, is it? McCann not not coping at, at championship level or is it Honeyman's injury that means that we don't have our best team out and I almost feel the same now where I've been quite critical of Shotter. and there's definitely things that he's could have done better this morning but you have to think is it Shotter and his tactics or is it the fact we have our best goalkeeper missing and our best form this season has come with Baxter in goal so I think we've already seen the evidence that you know clean sheets and better performances do come with Baxter in that goal so um, that will certainly be interesting. How, how do you see the game going overall? Do you see any hope for anything or is it just about minimising the damage?
1: Um, look, I think Mitrovic will get to 32 <laughs> at least. Um, although I think we – did we stop him from scoring last we time did. out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we like, scored like the he- goals for them, yeah. I'll have a but look. I feel like he was already, like, at some ridiculous level when we played them, like, he was yeah. already at 10 goals or something we were, like, half a dozen games in and we're, like, far out and then we was, kept him to no goals. But
0: It was that weird period because wow. we, we lost to Derby and probably our worst performance of the season at that point anyway and then we we lost to Fulham 2-0, which felt kind of okay and then we drew with Bournemouth, who were, like, undefeated on top of the table and it was, like, are we bad or are we doing okay? Um. Yeah, oh, no, no, Mitrovic did score in that one. He scored early, and then oh, Caval- so he scored on 22, and then Cavallo scored on 34, and then they just went, oh, that's enough, and they stopped trying.
1: Yeah, um, look, I. it's weird. Like, it's one of those ones where if you'd asked me, like, a week ago, I'd be like, yeah, we just knocked off Bournemouth, and we knocked off Swansea." Mm. yeah, I could see it's like, maybe getting a draw, but, like, now, I don't know, maybe I'm just being super negative and super reactionary um term of the day it's hard not yeah, to be it's, you know, <laughs> it's football um i just no, I, I i just don't see it I, I i look i don't think it i don't think it's going to be like a you know a 8-0 wigan like thrashing i don't think it's going to be you say that one. now absolute yeah i've probably cursed us into that well you're not i don't mind. get so, the fe- you know, i don't get have the feeling really it's, it's going to be decision. this calamitous game yeah. and calamitous result but Um, I also don't see us picking up points in it. Yeah, yeah,
0: fair enough then. Um, We've also got Sheffield United next Wednesday morning um, to make it a pretty tough week or tough two weeks really after the week we've just had. Um, They've won three of their last five, which was the last three games that they've played, and they did beat us 3-1 last time we played um, with some pretty poor set-piece marking for a couple of Egan goals in that game. I think I remember Wilkes was the one marking him, which seemed a bit strange at the time. Um, probably not much point talking about changes for that game from the Fulham game. We won't really know until after the Fulham game. But um, they're a side who, I mean, yes, they're in reasonable form. Um, they're not they're not doing too badly, but they aren't that far ahead of us on the table. I think they're, well, fair enough, actually, they're, they're 10 points ahead of us now. They weren't too much further away from us a couple of games ago. But it, it's a game... It's a game, unlike the Fulham game, I feel like it's still a game that we'll probably lose, which again, probably feels a bit reactionary, but it's it's a much more winnable game. And it's the sort of game, I think, as we were talking earlier about what will be the yardstick for Shotter in terms of how do we judge him learning and developing and adapting from these losses. Fulham game, I think we can almost just have as a free pass. If we do better in it, then that's fantastic. And, and we've got some earlier evidence, but I think this Sheffield United game's a better yardstick for how we're looking and, and how we're developing under Shutter. I think.
1: Yeah. Look, I, it's certainly going to be, um, it gets, it gets that point now where you're going like, okay, we're two losses in a row. Fulham might make it mm. three, but, and then mm. you go, that's not great form. But once you start like, and we, it's only one extra game, but then four, you know, four starts to look real bad. And then like five losses on the bounce. And it's a, you know, you would, it's a disaster and like Mm. it doesn't take long to stretch out to 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 look really really bad and be really bad because you're obviously picking up no points and there's you know we were real close to some of those teams that were just above us and now there's they've all got a bit of a buffer again and we're suddenly closer to the bottom like closer to those bottom three teams again and all of that um unfortunately so i i think you're you're right the the united sheffield game should be it is a more uh, achievable or winnable game um I, i'd actually be you're almost sort of like as you said like fulham is a free hit and you almost like just have an eye and you're really just spending your time preparing like for that game where fulham is yeah. essentially like a warm-up match for that game that you go well that's the game we have to win yeah like if something happens and we manage to fluke a result like we you know, defend like our lives depend on it, like we did against Bournemouth and, and managed to st- stake out a nil or draw or something against Fulham, you go, that's sensational. Yeah. But that game against Sheffield is almost like, I mean, I, you know, we still got so much football to play. You don't want to say line in the sand moment, but like, all, if we don't start, you know, again, or like at least start getting picking up some points again, all of a sudden that bottom three is going to get real close because it's only, is it still 12 points? Which seems like a lot, but in what do we got 17 yeah. games, something to go. It's not.
0: Keep keep oh, in mind that that's the grand yeah, that that's 12 points, but with Peterborough having three games in hand. And look, I, I will say, I mean, Reading and Cardiff are well, probably more Reading than Cardiff, because Cardiff have won their last two games, but Reading have lost a lot of games and are looking like if there is a team that's going to stay up, whether it's Derby or Peterborough, it'll be Reading that goes down in their place. Um, So I think there's that element to it, but we don't want to be complacent and be relying on other teams. Um, When you look at the games we've got coming up, you sort of say, if we do lose these next two games, all of a sudden that's four losses in a row. It's QPR, Barnsley, and Peterborough is the next three after that. And, you know, that QPR game is going to be tough as well. And so all of a sudden that's potentially five losses in a row, which isn't the form you want going into two games against Mm -hmm. teams in the relegation zone in, in Barnsley and Peterborough, where... You, I mean, I sort of said to Mike last week that looking at the Derby, Peterborough and Barnsley games, you sort of think if you win all three of those, you're almost guaranteed to stay up because that's all of a sudden nine extra points and you've taken three points off each of those relegation sides. Now, having lost to Derby, it puts extra pressure on those two games against Barnsley and, and Peterborough where we probably need, I don't know, 10? How many points are we on now? We're on... Um, we're on 32, and I think you probably usually need about 45 to 50 points to stay up. So call it five more wins, I'd say. Five more wins would take us to 47. So you th- you, if you get two of those wins against Peterborough and Barnsley, um, it does make things a bit more comfortable. But, yeah, you'd certainly want to not be dropping anything in those
1: games. Yeah, look, I think sooner, hopefully sooner rather than later, we're playing the mathematically safe game where it's like instead of it coming down to that like the last handful of games it's you know where it's seven games out or something and we've we've managed to create a you know 18 point buffer or something on the bottom three and you go well we only have to win this game and then we can't be caught yeah hopefully that's the position we find ourselves in and with a couple of those couple of wins you know potentially coming up you know if it's over the next five games we get two or three Three wins i mean that would be pretty, that'd actually be a pretty good return i would probably even accept a little bit less if it was two wins and a draw or something wouldn't be terrible um so, but yeah i think anyway to the to the point i i think we should we should push sheffield um yeah I, i'd expect at least i'd expect a, at least a point to or yeah i'd expect a point probably
0: fair Hopefully enough yeah yeah look i think i think a point over these next two games I'd, I'd snap your hand off for i think fulham and sheffield united are going to be tough games um i would ho- i mean the frustration to me is it suddenly feels like we have like a decent squad like i look at alaya i look at force um i look at you know longman coming in on a permanent deal now slater is good depth for black uh, for for um smallwood and i just feel like we do actually have a pretty decent squad now um i just like Shotter, I just don't know what our best eleven is, and that's probably the concern. And and I think I think if in doubt, as you said, just go back to the side that beat Bournemouth, beat Blackburn, and beat Swansea, and just you know keep it simple. Um, I think I think against Fulham, maybe yeah, you make the case that of that eleven, you just swap Doherty for Slater, and you just go with that. I think especially especially against Sheffield United, you've got to play Slater. Like, I think if there's any game that he's going to get up for and, and really want to prove himself in, it's going to be that game. And so I think you've got to play him in that one. um, And we see what happens. Um, but hopefully, look, hopefully it's a week of six points. I mean, stranger things have happened. Fulham don't, can't, can't win every game, surely. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens. But look, thank you for joining me, Dan. It's been a long one, but it's been a good one.
1: Yeah that's all right. I'm always uh av- pretty much always available. Always happy to come on, talk about talk about city, talk about the ups and downs of following wins, this wins or losses. Club. Yeah, yeah. And um look, I've got to get Mike back on
0: at some point. We've got to break this curse. He's been on before the 8-0 against Wigan, the 4-1 loss against Fleetwood, which was our first loss last season, and now he's been on ahead of the uh Preston and the um, derby results. So I've got to get him back on at some point just to break that curse and get him on for a
1: win. um Didn't I? Didn't I reverse curse this last time I was on? And I said we were gonna did get two losses, and we got. The, did. Did we get two wins or just one of those two games? Was it? The, I think
0: it was the Blackburn and Bournemouth games. So I think you said I, it was. I think it two was, and both. I was like, "There's no yeah. way
1: we're going to get wins out of these," and we managed to get both. So, yeah. You know, there you go. I'll so we're, curses for Fulham again
0: yeah yeah no absolutely no well Well. thanks for joining me and look everyone thanks for tuning in for this episode if you're not already um subscribe to the channel where we do release an episode every week chatting city um uh, like give the video a like uh give us a comment on what you thought about the games this past week as well we're on both youtube and uh spotify apple music wherever you get your podcasts from so very accessible as well but look until next time come on city You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Odds. The music was created by Amber Black. the time yeah the city's on fire we're going higher and
1: higher there's no turning back is your